And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley of the Matt Mosley Show. And uh, we uh, are into the 5 o'clock hour now. We've just gone sprinting into the 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 uh, 5 o'clock hour. You can hear Kevin. Kevin has stepped into his studio, his own personal studio, <laughs> at Rivals.com. Now, Kevin, when you get ready to, like, record a podcast for Rivals, do you uh, do you do that, like, via MacBook, or do you have, like, a mic? What do you – what is your uh, process for something like that? Uh, we will either do a Microsoft Teams setup or we'll do a Zoom. It kind of depends on what my uh, associate, Stephen Cook, and I uh, can work for us, depending on what our days are looking like. But uh, generally speaking, it's one of those two. Stephen Cook is known as a, a tremendous uh, photographer, and I didn't realize he also could do all the audio and things like that, but I always enjoy seeing him uh, when we're down there at a game together, seeing how y'all interact and, and uh, part of the uh, Sikkim Sports family as, uh, as Kevin does his thing. Now, Kevin, before we get into some of the Baylor stuff um, and even recruiting, I want to bring up recruiting with you, but let's talk a little baseball. Last night I was at the ballpark, and I witnessed history. Unfortunately, I was in, the, uh, I was in my seats uh, and uh, with the Hefton boys, uh, Ryan uh, Hefton and Will Hefton, and we watched Aaron Judge send one out of there, third pitch of the game. I think they brought in the right pitcher, Jesus Tanako, to get that thing done. I think I think Aaron Judge should be thanking the Rangers for that. Um, Kevin, you're a guy that values history. You used to cover the Rangers on a daily mm-hmm. basis. What um, what did you make of that? Were you uh, and 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 what does this? Uh, I, I'm just kind of wondering when you think of history, this American League record. Now, uh, were you excited about the chase for number 62? Had you been? Had you gotten tired of it? What did this? Uh, how did? How did you kind of uh, uh, experience all this, uh, uh, Aaron Judge news? Well, I just wanted to congratulate Aaron Judge for the seventh uh, best home run se- single season home run. Uh, in uh, Major League Baseball history. I mean, right. it's great. I mean, that's the, the overcoverage of this and the way that this was presented, like it was something of, of extraordinary value, was a little bit overdone. And to be honest, I mean, whether we agree or whether people are upset about the fact that these first, these top six records between Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Semi Sosa, anywhere from what was it, 63 to Bond 73, uh, were enhanced by PEDs or whatever. The bottom line is that Major League Baseball never stripped those records. And so the fact that you have to spin this, and ESPN tried its best, and so did the national media. Try, they did their best to try and spin this into an unprecedented uh, accomplishment. It's a great accomplishment. I'm not trying to diminish that. But the you, over- sounds like you are. By the, well, I, what I don't like about it is the fact that they were jamming this down the throat. I would have liked to have seen if Aaron Judge was playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates, would they have given this the kind of attention? But because he's in the media capital of the world in New York, it takes on a different tone. The other thing I would point out, too, about this record that uh, that he set for the American League was that you know, they talked about I, – I don't know how much they talked about the fact that Roger Maris to hit his 61 in 154 games versus Aaron doing it in 162 because they certainly made a big deal out of it when uh, Barry Bonds and uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were doing their thing back in the 90s and early aughts. 
Yeah, I think those are fair criticisms. You know, I I mean, they did make a huge thing out of the American League. They might have just come out and said this is the a non-tainted home run chase. I would just say mm-hmm. if he were on the Pirates, he would have been traded at the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true, but I mean the, the thing that I take out <laughs> the thing that I take out of this year is the fact that I take more enjoyment of the fact that Albert Pujols became what was it one of five guys who has hit 700 home runs in his career, and the fact that he you know if this is tr- Albert's truly last year to play the game, and he finishes off like this, it's a, it's an extraordinary final year, one of the best final years maybe in the history of the game, and he's what is he at 703. And I think just having uh, Albert deliver like he did, and of course getting the Cardinals back into the playoffs, extraordinary. By the way, the other thing is that's great is the fact that we finally have a legitimate wild card setup where you have a best of three in these two series, where yeah. even though they're all going to be played at one park, which they should be at the higher seats park, but I think that's a fair way to determine your wild card winner. I really do. In playoff baseball, it, it's amazing how much better it is than regular season baseball. You know, like in the NFL, each week is its own big drama, and each week does count, and it's a big deal. And and mm-hmm. honestly, our attention spans as Americans are no longer even close to what they even <laughs> yeah. even like ten years ago or fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. We don't have the attention. We don't have attention spans to really pay attention to an 82-game NBA. And I'm not even talking about, well, some people don't like the NBA or some people don't like Major League Baseball. We're not even wired to consume that. Um, I mean, that's why college football, no matter where you stand on the playoff, works better because there are fewer games. NFL, mm-hmm. now they go into 17 games, um, but it's still every week is a big deal. So, uh, for a lot of us, Kevin, I mean, you know, and it's kind of sad. I used to watch, you know, every single Rangers game. And mm-hmm. I found myself last night heading out there, and I'm thinking, well, the only reason, I mean, think about it, not in a million years would I've gone out to that beautiful new ballpark to just see the Yankees and the Rangers uh, at, to play a late game in the season. There's no way mm-hmm. in the world I would have gone out there, unless, of course, it was for a playoff spot or something like that. Uh, Kev, have you been out uh, – have you been out to Globe Life, the the new park, when the when the roof is open for a game? I have not. I've been there twice, and it was actually when the Twins were there and the roof yeah. was closed. Of course, when the Twins were there, it was back in July, and it was 105 outside. So, no, I have not been out there when the roof was open. It's really pretty. Like, I have to say, I didn't know how I would feel, and it's really kind of, you're, you're kind of even, no matter where you sit, you do feel kind of um, I don't know. It's really interesting. It it doesn't feel that big when the roof is open. The play it doesn't feel like some kind of monstrosity at all. Now I, when it's closed, I don't know. It may have a little bit more of that feel of this enormous. Uh, you know, some of those places kind of lose a little bit of their character. When it's closed, so I don't know. I mean, I, and I've seen football games and baseball games when it's closed. I would just say I kind of really enjoyed the the opening of the park, the the open air park last night. I, I felt like it was a better experience than the close. Now, again, I'm not saying I want the thing open when it's 105 out or anything like that. I'm <laughs> no. just saying yeah. that's how I kind of experienced it. Talking to Kevin Longquist from rivals.com kevin um some of these things some of these games baylor's playing in 
you know, our big recruiting weekends. This one, in fact, was a huge basketball recruiting weekend because Trey Johnson, near and dear to my heart, goes to high school with my, uh, my daughter, in fact, was uh, on the premises for this. Any any feedback on whether it be Trey or any of these football recruits? Uh, uh, any Anything to report on, uh, and like, can you tell us any of the football players that were were maybe uh, there, and, and was it was it a big weekend for the Bears? It was a big weekend for the Bears. First of all, let's get to Trey Johnson because obviously Baylor's been after him, and they've done a great job uh, going for him. I don't think this is going to, uh, or I should let me rephrase that. I think this is going to take a little while for Baylor and Johnson to come to any kind of conclusion here, if one is to come. I think the concern that might be on some people's minds is. Is he going to wind up bypassing college and go perhaps to the NBA G League or really go overseas? That is something that is a factor in this recruitment. I think if he decides to go back and play in college, whether it's going to be for one year, then I would think that Baylor is going to get has a really good shot at getting him. You know, he's the number one player in Rivals 150 for 2024, so that's how good he is, of course, and. I th- it's a great thing that Baylor's done to get him out there. It was a great weekend. Everything went well. I mean, thumbs up. I've, by the way, Matt, I've never known of a official visit between football and basketball where it was bad, unless, <laughs> unless something completely off the charts happened to cause the visit to go upside down. But you know, again, but Baylor rolled out the red carpet, treated him well. He enjoyed it. And again, he's got a great familiarity with the coaching staff. So yeah. I think all those things, all those things went fine. Now, as far as the football part of it is concerned, you know, obviously the 2023s that were there, a good number of them, including Austin Novosad, was I think they had a great influence on the 2024s. There's a good number of 2024s that are making multiple visits there. So they already have an idea whether they were there for spring football or for the camp or the camps in the summer, or maybe they showed up for a game earlier this year. So the fact that they were there and building the case and building their, continuing to build the relationship – all good. I mean, I, I really like the position that Baylor is in uh, with with a couple of them. I, I think what it's going to take, and, and again, I, I think what other people what people need to understand in, in something like this is that it's not going to happen in terms of commitments shortly after these visits happen, whether it's going to be official visits or if it's going to be visits like this. This doesn't work like that anymore. Um, but you know, the kids that I've talked to, you know, spoke very highly of, of what they think of Baylor, where Baylor stands. On the same thing with, t- with a couple of 2025 kids on there, I think obviously maybe some disappointment that they couldn't get D.J. Lagway, the quarterback from Willis up there in the, the Baylor legacy. He was at Arkansas, Alabama last week. At the same time, you know, they got enough kids up there so that they feel like they've made some progress with them. And my suspicion is, is that you might see some of this start to develop probably after the football season ends into December, and then maybe after they have their junior day in late January. That sort of thing, and I think that's when you'll start to see some of those, you know, commitments pop. That sort of thing. I mean, I love it when you uh, when you coach us up and, and and let us in on some of this recruiting. Uh, this is going to be fascinating to see what the Bears do out in West Virginia on Thursday. I'll be visiting with Dave Aranda Friday morning. 
Uh, they're, uh, Kevin, they're going to treat Saturday like a Monday. This is almost like an yeah. NFL team does, and they're going to have they're going to get everybody together and do the media. I think on a Saturday, it's really interesting. They're trying to right. stay on schedule here. What do you think has been done uh, during this bye week? This is a strange bye week because generally you get a yeah. bye week, knowing you get a full week for the next one. So this is right. this is kind of a this is a little bit different flavor of a bye week. What do you sense was the most uh, the biggest thing uh, Aranda was trying to accomplish with this particular bye week? And uh, because this this is a team that has to get back on, has to win, and I think both obviously both these teams on Thursday need to in a sense play with a uh, a sense of desperation to a certain extent. Uh, what do you yeah. think Baylor's tried to accomplish during during this uh, bye week? Well, I think there's two things. Number one, they want to look at the offensive line because everybody knows that that part of the team, which had tremendous expectations, just hasn't played to those expectations. Uh, there's a stat, Matt, and, you know, Baylor's averaging, what is it, a little over four yards a game per carry through the first five games. But if you take out the Texas State and U Albany games and you look solely at the three P5 games with BYU, might as well call BYU a P5 just because of, what they've done over the last few years. And of course they're coming into the big 12 next year, but BYU, Iowa state and Oklahoma state, those average yards per carry are three, seven, three, six, three, seven. And that's not going to cut it in at the P five level. You've got to get over four per carry. And I think the adjustment in terms of what they want to look at with the offensive line is, well, first of all, we'll find out probably Saturday, how close Khalil Keith is, because obviously Khalil hasn't played the first five games of the year. But at the same time, you know, they got Grant Miller back last week for Oklahoma State, and that was just okay. They're still missing that. I think what this running game really misses, though, Matt, is the fact that they don't have that big back like Abram Smith in there. When you have a big back that works with this RVO, he was a one-step north-south guy, and that makes a big difference because of picking those gaps and then shooting through. The, and, you know, I, I think Richard Reese is a solid running back. There's no question about that. You know, he's, he's on yeoman's work. I just don't know how much you can get ask him to just wear down defenses. I just don't know about that yet. I, and then the other thing that we have to look at here is, is in the secondary, because we all know that the corners have had a really difficult time in, sp- in spots this year. I mean, Mark Milton had a, you know, had a really rough afternoon when he got turned around on the 49-yard pass that set up Oklahoma State's last touchdown off that kick return. And they've also had some issues, too, back there as well with A.J. McCarty among those. And they've got to figure out how to help those guys get in a better spot so that they'll be more, you know, more productive. And I think there's two ways to look at this. How much safety help can you give them beyond just, you know, mechanical stuff and getting them, you know, in a position where they're more fundamentally sound? But how much more safety help can you get them? And how much more pressure can your defensive line give? Because, you know, Matt, I've said this to you on your show a couple times this year, that this young secondary needs to be helped by the defensive line getting a big push. That's always going to help a secondary because the quarterback's going to have to get rid of it earlier than he wants to. That has not happened to the extent or to the consistency that I think we all were hoping for at this point. Yeah, maybe having an all-world safety in Jalen Petrie and, and an all-world linebacker in Terrell Bernard 
was a even bigger factor than we realized mm-hmm. because without them, yeah. there haven't been some of the same dynamic plays. Now, the thing is, Al Walcott's capable of some very mm-hmm. dynamic plays. Bryson Absolutely. Jackson is capable. Uh, Randolph is capable of doing some things. Uh, so there are very capable players on this team. But you're right. There needs to be, whether it be pressure on a more consistent basis, and, and there can't be, whether it be communication breakdowns or whatever, or, or just uh, uh, fundamental uh, as far as like some of the, the, you know, just not using proper technique in the secondary. Some of that has to be cleaned up. So uh, sure. I think, sure. uh, and, uh, and, you know, I think we got to clean up some of the F-bombs at halftime. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> no. all right uh kev it was um it's always fun always look forward to it and uh glad we could get you on uh today and uh, uh continued success over there at sikkim sports is where you can find a lot of uh kevin's information and then kevin for people that want to subscribe and get that uh you know things uh what's that one thing you do each week you know uh, here's what I'm thinking, or you know, it's oh, kind of a thinking? Yeah. yeah. What the, uh, What was late, he thinking? Late Sunday, yeah. The, yeah. the late Sunday, early Monday morning uh, kind of piece. It's uh, just go to www uh, or baylor.rivals.com. Go to the upper right hand corner for the subscribe uh, icon there, and then just let your fingers and click and do the walking. Oh, and don't forget to bring your credit card too. That was kind of helpful too. Um, but it's eight ninety nine a month and about one hundred eight bucks a year if you do the annual subscription there. So uh, very easy. And as I've said before on your show, Matt, it's only one brown bag a month. All you have to, if you look at it that way. If you work uh, from, if you actually work at an office, which is rare these days, but if you yeah. work in an office and uh, you, you want to bring in your brown bag just once a month, that's all we're asking. So anyway, nice. appreciate that. And so just take a look at us and see what we have to offer on a week in and week out basis. And, of course, we always have the Friday Blitz uh, talking recruiting and that sort of thing. Of course, this coming Friday we'll have a lot of more reaction from recruits about how they felt about the uh, visit last week against Oklahoma State. And then, of course, we'll start turning our attention toward uh, West Virginia uh, Saturday with uh, Dave's presser. Okay. And occasionally Kevin will give you some of his his thoughts on other topics uh, unrelated to Baylor, uh, which is always uh, fun as well. All right, Kevin, we'll talk to you soon. All right, that'll work, Matt. Listen, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, Kevin Longquist, Rivals.com. I don't think he 